Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of the Help on the Way podcast, where we are featuring April 3rd, 1985, the Providence Civic Center, Providence, Rhode Island. I am your co-host, The Game, here with my fellow co-hosts, Nob and Thig. Let's go ahead and give them a nice Monday brunch time hello, friends. Nice. A nice Monday, Monday brunch time, brunch time hello, hello, friends. friends. I guess it's technically lunch time now. Yeah, brunch is before lunch. It's brunch time for our West Coast oh, in the friends. Yes. <laughs> brunch really is just a mindset, isn't it? Oh, it's a it's a made up meal, let's face it. It's just a way whoa. to get it's a way to get millennials to sit down at a restaurant. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Um as always, all meals that, are made that was up, the... man. <laughs> I'm just surprised that that was the take that left my fellow co hosts flabbergasted. That 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 should be um that that should be a good podcast title. Uh, all pot or all meals are fake, man. <laughs> um. Anyway, before we dive into our main event of April third, nineteen eighty five, we're going to kick off with our Grateful Dead news segment, Channel Six. Um, and we are still firmly in the middle of the Dead and Company final. Uh, tour. We're um, the end, though. We're definitely it's, we're in yeah, the final third now. They're done with we, their East Coast swing. Yes. So up next, um, so from our last show, we had um the two shows at Saratoga Springs, uh, the two shows at City Field, and the two shows at Fenway Park. Um, Nob, you were at the two shows at City Field. Yes. Uh, now we have our upcoming like West Coast ish because I don't know I won't, I wouldn't consider Deer Creek the West Coast that's no that's more close to us than them yes yeah so yeah. I um, mean but they're they're heading that west correct yeah yeah yeah, yeah. They're, they're taking a U turn so we have three five eight nine nine shows nine left. left nine left um. Kicking off June twenty seventh at Deer Creek, uh, then we are firmly in the West Coast swing with July first, second, third at Folsom, um, July seventh and eighth at the Gorge, and then the final three night stand at Oracle Park in San Francisco. Um, we won't go into a complete review of all of these past shows but Nob, since you were at the two city field shows anything you want to mention on those i enjoyed them a lot um nice. i don't know how it how it is from the the couch uh it's it's always different being at the shows compared to just watching them but i had a blast with the new york shows i thought awesome. uh the first night was a little hit or miss but once a song got cooking, it really got cooking. I thought the Althea was hot. A really nice Hurts Me Too, which was probably the last song I was chasing out of them. A uh, very spacey St. Stephen, Uncle John's uh, in set two. Even if the transitions weren't always there, it was still a very fun, very good show. But uh, anyone who went to the New York shows is really going to be talking your ear off about set two of night two. With, with that Scarlet Fire estimated eyes, which wow. was really good. It was just 
every time another song started, I was like, wow, this is the best song of the set. Wow, this is the best song of the set. Wow, this is the best song of the set. Like, it was just, it was a lot of fun. And then a nice smoke awesome. and watch tower and the post drums. Uh, this one was, it was the show that my heart needed to say goodbye, I think. It was nice that they opened with Stranger, because that was the opener at my first Dead & Co. show. And they closed with Do, which was the closer at my best Dead & Co. show. Uh, so it was... Oh, that is a nice, nice. little bookend. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It, it very much... I'm sure I would be saying this no matter what songs they played, but this set list very much felt like the songs that I needed to hear to be able to say goodbye to this band. You sound like you're rationalizing not flying out to San Francisco. Yes. Is that, um, a, is that a take? I mean, I, I was never going to go to San Francisco. <laughs> I, I do not have the money or the, the time at the moment to be flying out to any of these other shows. I barely, like some guy offered me a ticket to Boston and I was like, I don't know, man. I don't know if I could swing that. Uh, so, no, Boston was never in the cards. So... I'm very happy with this this last show I got, and I can keep watching the rest from the couch as I am wont to do. I am. Uh, I will say, I am. Uh, I'm quite annoyed that Philly didn't get two shows. Yeah, I kind of. Uh, like, yeah, I mean, I'd have two. liked two shows, but Philly never gets two shows. So here's here's my take. Okay, here's my take. Okay, New York is is huge, and they get two yeah. shows because they're huge. Boston probably smaller than philly however they played fenway which is a smaller venue than citizens bank so I think they also didn't why. play any other shows in the like new englandy part of the country so this was very yeah. much as much as it was the boston local show it was maine connecticut rhode island like these were generally your closer shows did you they feel like those boston shows were very zippy not not in the sense that they were playing but like they like how long were those set breaks? Like twenty minutes, you know? Like they, they were short they, set breaks because yeah. there was an early curfew at Fenway, and the first night the band came out twenty five minutes after ticket time, so they were like, "Oh, we can't Flying. take the usual forty five minute set break tonight." Yeah, I feel like set two or uh, night two was like that as well last night. Yeah, there was definitely they were trying to power through as many songs as they could in the the time they had. It's the same normal amount of time for them because they usually start four hours before whatever the curfew is but right. something about starting at 6 30 just didn't feel right to this band so they came out a little bit later than usual i enjoyed those boston shows the the second sets of both nights were particularly strong yes yes i agree the um the ten thirty show ending was super nice <laughs> super super nice i feel like i remember like everything of those boss like it's crazy how like like a half hour changes things um but yeah no i love the 6 30 start times love the 10 30 end times um i wish they were all that way uh but yeah, alas as they move west it's going to be the yeah. exact opposite from here yeah, on out yeah we are getting late late um that's why we need a west coaster on this podcast well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be awake for. I will probably fully watch of the West Coast Swing, obviously the last show, but I'll probably watch or at least be awake for all of the Folsom Run. 
I don't know. That's about mountain the time, so they'll start around nine o'clock our time. Correct. Yeah. And it's, yeah, that's and not it, bad for a first set. No, and it's party. I ain't gonna stay the second set. And it's party weekend. It's party weekend. Oh yeah, yeah, it's nation's birthday. Yeah, so it's like no reason not to be up. You know what I mean? (laughs) So that's kind of that's kind of the way I'm I'm taking it. Um, I see myself making it to drums when they get to the actual West Coast. But yeah, I could see myself staying up for these Boulder shows. Yeah, those um those gorge. Yeah, oh yeah. Those yeah. Gorge and those San Francisco drums. Mickey yeah. better have some magic up his sleeve as he wants to keep me awake for that. That's gonna be rough. And I know that. You mean like, yeah. 12 minutes of ambient beam music done. is not gonna do it for you? Done. Like done. Like that's does that's... he play that thing? Like like what is actually happening when he's <laughs> on the beam? Like um, I understand that it's if there's some pre-programming, you know, to it. But like, what is he actually doing with those inputs? So he's, well, he's hitting the strings and making them vibrate, and then the buttons. There are electric pickups towards the bottom of the beam, similar to an electric guitar. Mm-hmm. And so the buttons that Mickey's pressing are like distorting, putting effects on those sounds to create other weirder things. Otherwise, you'd pretty much just get the one single. I forget right. what note the beam is tuned to, but they're all tuned to the exact same note in different <laughs> octaves. Uh, and you would just get that without any of the electronics, but the electronics so, definitely make some weirder noises. Okay, so think about it like a big guitar that's just set up to some electronic processors, and each yeah, string is a different it's... processor, and and he can create you know the tapestry that way. Yeah, the beam at the end of the day, it's primarily about pure vibrations, which is why they're all tuned to the same notes. And that's a big thing is when you're at these Dead & Co. shows, you feel the beam. Like, it is very much a full body. Like, it's a feeling more than it is about the noise itself, which is why I find the beam is one of the parts that translates the worst to the stream compared to actually being there in person. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Um, now this is not on the Channel 6 news thing, but Nob, I know you're doing the final Reddit, um, yes. Dead & Company set list thread on the 16th. Are you doing any other ones leading up to it? I'll probably do a, some of these weekend shows I'm planning to do. I think one of the Boulder Nights, one of the Gorge Nights. Uh, I'm not doing the 7th because I'm seeing the Trey Band at the Stone Pony, which will be cool. Ooh. Yeah, well, their summer stage, awesome. but... That'll be um, fun. Is on the beach? I think so. I've never actually done the summer stage at the Pony. Okay. Gotcha. I find myself being able to keep up with the shows better on the West Coast when I'm actively involved in a Discord and or Reddit thread to comment involved in. So um, your threads are always the best ones. So I'll make sure to, uh, to uh, stop into those. Uh, but continuing <laughs> on our Channel 6 News segment... Uh, Bob Dylan's, um, I don't want to say recent love affair with the Grateful Dead, but um, it kind of is. Rekindled, perhaps. Yes, he uh, he found a new way to light up an old flame with his uh, re-love of the Grateful Dead. He um, he covered Stella Blue. He covered Stella Blue on Friday, June 23rd uh, in Spain. Uh, Barcelona, Spain, actually. Um, still, this dude's still on a world tour. Like, how old is Bob Dylan? He's still just doing his thing around the never-ending tour. 
Yeah, really. I mean, he's probably played the most songs of any classic rock musician at this point. Maybe he'd be up there. He's been pretty much touring nonstop since 89. He's 82 years old. 82 years young. Born in 41. No, 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 no. It's Bob Dylan. 82 years old. (laughs) (laughs) If you're still touring, I'll give it. I'll give you the years young. That's that's incredible. Good for him. Yeah. Um, just, just to, to, to compare, uh, Dead and Company, like I said, is doing Deer Creek, Three Nights at Folsom, Two Nights at the Gorge, Three Nights in San Francisco. Bob Dylan is in France tonight, France tomorrow, France, France, Switzerland, Italy, 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 Italy. Um, Europe 72 of him. (laughs) Europe 2023. Um, um... That's crazy. Good for him. And and Bobby, if you're listening, you know, I know that you're like 75, but you know, you got to keep playing. There's no, yeah, you, I don't, anymore. I don't think Bob Weir has any intention of stopping playing. Yeah. Um, I'm willing to bet that that man will die on stage during a Wolf Brothers concert in the middle You'll of the slowest man. rendition of greatest story ever told anyone's ever played. I, I was going to say we should speculate on, on what the, the <laughs> next dead and Whatever is, oh, but I think okay. Bob, I thought Bobby's you were about last to say, Let's words. Speculate yes, on what song Bob's words. gonna be playing when he dies. <laughs> his last words were "left-handed monkey wrench." <laughs> no, he's it's he's we gonna fire up. Lucky, he's gonna fire up lazy lightning, and the shit's just gonna go haywire. Yeah, he's yeah. like, see, this is why we don't play these anymore. You'll put the tempo <laughs> five beats per minute over the uh, acceptable version, and his little heart will just give out. Um, God forbid. Now, um, Mickey's most recent comments were like, we're not going to be something or other, I think he said on the radio, how. It's the last tour, but that doesn't necessarily mean that these are the last shows forever. Yes, so. uh, But we'll speculate after the San Francisco shows, because I feel like we'll be in a warm, fuzzy place then. And uh, yeah, we'll, um, we'll speculate on the future of the band after those shows um that's it actually um quiet week for grateful dead news like i said though it is um we're in the final third of the summer tour final tour um but anyway on to the main event this week uh which was april 3rd 1985 the providence civic center in providence rhode island this was a wednesday night um and like I have said many times before, um, I don't enjoy weeknight events. If I was, this is just feels weird to go to a concert on a, on a Wednesday. You were to say, in, as I said April. many times before, never miss a Wednesday show. No, no, I would that say, I, I would say you could probably safely miss any Wednesday show, and Tuesday <laughs> show, and and Thursday show. Uh, definitely, you could probably miss most Monday shows. Um, yeah, those, those four days, I would definitely Music say. Music is a strictly Friday and Saturday <laughs> night activity. I don't want to hear otherwise. No, Sunday as well. Um, <laughs> but only if it starts around five. Like, <laughs> like five <laughs> shows. Um, all right, set like one. Things to do nice on Monday Sunday morning. Matinee. Yes, yeah. yes, exactly. Um, set one of April 3rd, 1985, kicked off with Hell in a Bucket into sugary and then we got me and my uncle into mexicali blues ramble on rose um fig what is it bottom bottom uh it is uh well down in the bottom meet meet me in the bottom Uh, yeah 
It could be down the bottom. I don't. I think it's okay. So the Helen Wolf it down record. in the bottom, but I could believe that that's not the actual title. <laughs> there's there's a whole history to these songs, which which I'll get to. But it, it, it's either or. I think it's also called. It's AKA yeah. Down uh, the bottom, AKA meet me in the bottom. Into um, superstitious, and then we got row Jimmy, and then set one ended with let it grow. Um, Fig, what were your thoughts on set one? Uh, I had mixed thoughts, uh, evolved thoughts, um, and it, it was interesting the way they did evolve, evolve because the first, I think, two times I listened to it, I did not like this show at all. I thought there were major, major issues with the show. I was not having a good time. I was not a happy camper listening to it. I listened to it again this morning and actually started really liking it, so my comments um, from my notes are going to be uh, disjointed, um, but I'm going to uh, give it my best. Um, partially, so there's two main reasons why I just did not like this show. First of all, the soundboard is very muddy. There's not much separation in between the instruments, and I'm guessing that's a result of just whatever soundboard was given to us um, that Charlie Miller could work his magic on. He can only do so much. This was not a great soundboard recording. It doesn't sound great. Um, even with EQ, I could not get this one to sound really good. So the other thing is that Jerry had this very plaintive and, and flat delivery. At times, he sounded like he was in pain. And that doesn't make for a good Grateful Dead concert. And I've remarked on this. I, we've had 85 shows in the past, and he does this, you know, in the early to mid 80s. He, he sometimes, like, A3 to 45, he would have this, like, flat tone to his voice that just really is off putting to me. And that was pretty much throughout the whole night. Uh, the other thing is, I don't, I couldn't hear Bobby throughout the entire show. I uh, heard a lot of Brent, I heard a lot of Phil, heard a lot of Jerry. Uh, Bobby's guitar tone was just, nowhere to be seen so with that being said uh starts off with bucket uh again i love uh hell in a bucket i think it's a great fun way to open it up and this was a really good version of that until bobby starts doing this very weird falsetto scream singing yeah. at the end i'm sure knob had something yes. to say about that yeah. uh yeah which was off-putting as all hell uh we get into the sugary and jerry is playing well tonight his guitar playing is good his end solo was great However, this lacking, his, his vocals were just lacking, had very dull delivery. The backbeat had a good swing to it. Um, this flat singing, um, oh, despite the, the flat singing, this was a highlight of the, of the set, is what I wrote about Sugary. I don't know if I agree with that now that I am reading it. Uh, we have Uncle into Mexicali. This was good. I like Jerry's soloing in Mexicali. There's good interplay with the King, King Brent, um, as well as Phil. So that was a cool one to listen to. Ramble on Rose. Uh, Jerry just sounded like he was in pain when he was singing Ramble. Uh, it was not good. You know, he was trying hard, but his voice was just so thick. And he just sounded like he was, I don't know, just not there. Now, I will say, by the end of the second set, things started sounding better for both the band and for Jerry. So this does clear up a little bit. So then we get into um, Meet Me in the Bottom and I Ain't Superstitious, okay? And I did a little bit... So this was actually the Howlin' Wolf uh, part of the set. You know, Bobby is pretty notorious for including some blues songs in set one around this time of the set. And what they did here was they actually did a little Howlin' Wolf um, twofer. So I did a little bit of research here, and Meet Me in the Bottom or Down in the Bottom uh, was... Originally, it was uh, written in 1934... And uh, it was called Oh Lordy Mama. 
and then it was re-recorded by Howlin' Wolf. Um, but the song was actually credited to Willie Dixon. Like this, this song has a very confusing and uh, interesting, but you know, confusing um, history to it. And and that gets that comes down to the dead. And then I ain't superstition was I ain't superstitious was another Helen Wolf song, and that came out in '61. So that was kind of cool. Um, as far as my review of the song, this was a fun, fast-paced blues. And Bobby does a really good uh, bluesman impression here. I actually like the way that everybody was playing these things. Um, I don't know if anybody noticed this, but especially for me in the bottom, this might be out there. The cadence of the vocals reminded me of Hot for Teacher by Van Halen, which it could be, like that could have been Van Halen reaching back to them. Um, just like the way that the verse was, was going. Um, kind of interesting uh, thought to listen out for next time. So we get into Row. I don't think I'm skipping any songs here. Yeah, Row Jimmy. Again, Jerry's vocals are just a big turnoff. Uh, his solos were great, uh, but you know, any Jerry song for most of the show is just going to be a turnoff because his vocal delivery is so flat. And Let It Grow was a decent version, again, with Jerry just playing really well on the guitar. So that is my thoughts on April 3rd, 1985, set one. Nob, what were your thoughts? I think we have a lot of similar thoughts, but not all of them the same. Okay. Uh, um, no, I, I did generally <laughs> the like this. has been cast. Oh. I did generally like this set. I thought it was fun. I'm going to be way nicer about it than I was last week. And I also just like this show better than last week. Uh, um, last week yeah. being the 1991 show. Oh. 291. Oh. Yeah, I didn't. Get about the Yes, I don't need to rehash my thoughts on that one. Um, this, yeah, this is a fun night. I would agree with you that, that the vocals let down a lot of really strong band performances. And honestly, I would say that's true of both Bobby and Jerry, though it is much more noticeable in Jerry. Um, Hell in a Bucket is a tight start. Uh, Bobby and the drummers bring some really great energy. The solos maybe leave me lacking a little bit, both in terms of length and just in terms of Jerry really bringing it. To me, he doesn't come alive until Sugar Ray. Um, I thought there was some interesting support from Brent. It sometimes felt like he was using the, the pitch shifter on his keyboard to like mimic the whammy thing that Bobby likes to do on his guitar. Don't know. It was interesting. Um, and then, yeah, that, that last minute of Bobby Screams kills most of the goodwill that I built up on this one. Uh, it's a fun hell in a bucket, but uh, it, it, yeah, that last minute really tanks it. Um, Sugary definitely works. Uh, outside of the vocals, again, as has been mentioned, it's a really strong rendition. Jerry's solos are really hot here, really exploratory, and hit some really nice peaks. If Jerry's voice sounded better, I would call this an all-timer sugary, probably without question. Uh, this is definitely one of the highlights of the set for me. Um, me and my uncle is competent. The groove is good. The energy's there. I didn't find Mexicali's as competent, though perhaps I'm biased against it a little bit, because for a second it sounded like Big River, and I like Big River, and I don't care for Mexicali blues. Um, but the, it's the pretty much the same song. Let's, let's yeah, 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 yeah. But I, it, in Big River, there's no song about bang, uh, no lyric about banging teenagers. So 
uh, that automatically gets a couple more points for me. Um, it's a different time, Nob. Yeah, they're, yeah, 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 yeah. We're in Mexico, Nob. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Generally yeah. more accepted back then, please. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I like it. I guess I like it more then than when Bobby still occasionally sings it now. Um, yeah, the the group just starts to feel a little tired, I think. Uh, it's clean. It's like, it's good. It, it's just a little tired. Jerry's solo is definitely longer than it is good. Um, Ramble on Rose, again, uh, this is... Like, it's a good rendition, except for the fact that Jerry's voice sounds bad yeah otherwise it's, it's fairly spirited but and he's given it his all the voice is just not there and you can hear him struggling through uh, some of these notes powering through to give as much vocals as he can even if it's not great um down in the bottom i ain't superstitious this is a highlight of the set for me i think it slaps uh, the Rhythm Devils are killing it. Bobby gets really into it. It makes me wish that this stuck around longer. I like this more than a lot of the slower blues tunes that did stick around. I almost like, there was almost this like jaunty country shuffle underneath from the drummers combined with the bluesiness of the song. Uh, it kind of reminds me of what the dead would do to Maggie's farm in the late 80s and early 90s. Uh, it's got a good vibe to it, and then this is our first big Brent solo of the night, and he's on the B3, so of course it's great. Um, I'm not... I'll have to listen to it again, because I couldn't quite tell when we switched from down in the bottom to I Ain't Superstitious, but I dug it a lot. I really enjoyed. Road Jimmy. It's a song I, I'm not a huge fan of, so I've got a little bit of a high bar for it, and this does not cross that bar. Uh, I wasn't loving the drum work. It might be Jerry's best vocal delivery of the set, but that's not really saying much. Uh, it's a grower. The last few minutes are definitely better than the first few minutes, but it's not a highlight of the set by any means. Um, and then Let It Grow is lively, even if Bobby doesn't remember every single word to it. Uh, the jam doesn't really wow me. It just feels like Jerry going through the A minor scale without really having anywhere, any destination in mind. Uh, and the ending is noticeably sloppy, but that being said, it's still a pretty fun Let It Grow. I enjoyed it. Uh, yeah, it's a fun first set. I think the highlights are sugary and down from the bottom, I ain't superstitious, but there's some other fun stuff throughout. What did you think, game? I liked pretty much all of it. Um, I listened to an odd of this show, um, totally not on purpose. Well, I guess it was on purpose. Um, it just was the top listed show on my re-listen app. So I just assumed that there was no soundboard and this was the show. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I think I tried listening to that and, and there wasn't, the soundboard wasn't appreciably better. I don't think. Well, so... My first initial thought was, ugh, Bob sounds weird in Hell in a Bucket. Um, but then I realized, oh, this is just the recording, and it's just the odd. And once I kind of got through that, I really dug the entire set. Um, literally, I have nothing but positives to say about every song <laughs> in the set. Um, Hell in a Bucket had a great tempo. Um, even though I did think Bob sounded weird through pretty much all of it. Um, it was it was fast, and then it was great. Um, Sugary was good. Uh, I really loved hearing the crowd um, pop 
for the uh, like sugary parts. Um, Me and my uncle was good. Mexicali was good. Uh, Ramble on Rose was good. Um, down in the bottom, ain't superstitious. My note is way, way better than I anticipated. Um, <laughs> that was great. Um, they should absolutely keep that because <laughs> I really yeah. enjoy. I, Spoiler, I they don't. I know. No. Um, why did that they like the last time they played it at Hershey Park? What? Yeah. It's down, crazy. on on Dairy Street. No, uh, they had a Hershey show and a Harrisburg show. Oh yeah, okay. Yeah, Hershey Park Stadium in June Hershey of 85. Um, Road Jimmy was good and Let It Grow, I thought was excellent. Um, yeah, um, Nob, your initial reaction to this show, a little peek behind the curtain, um, really thought I was going to be in for a stinker. So when I was like bopping along to set one, I was like, I hope I'm not the only one who thinks this is good. I think um, my, I think I was... Pissed. I liked this in it. Yeah, I want to say yeah. that that was Fig. I liked this one initially. Yeah, I was... I was, um, I was nagging on this one in in the chat. I was like... And I really thought I was going to come in here guns a-blazing like Knob on the 91 Yeah, show. you were, you were going to have a <laughs> me week this no. week. <laughs> yeah. But I ended up liking it. Yeah. Enough. Um... Set two gave us Terrapin Station. Uh, women are smarter, ship of fools, trucking, spoonful, drums and space, wharf rat, throwing stones, sugar magnolia, and then an encore of day job. Uh, Nob, what was your thoughts on set one? I enjoyed uh, it. Set two. Uh, Sorry. Yeah, I also enjoyed that one. <laughs> um, I would say that I enjoyed set one more. Sorry to spoil a later segment of this show, oh. uh, but I generally think that set two is good, especially in the post drums part of the set. Um, Terrapin is a fun opener. I thought that was a nice vibe. It's not a great Terrapin, but I can't pin down why. Like, it doesn't do anything mm-hmm. wrong, but I genuinely listened to it three times, and every time I zoned out in the middle. Yeah, I, I know what you mean. I do not know what it is, because I love Terrapin, and I'm, I was vibing with this show, and it's not a bad Terrapin. It was just lacking in some way that I do not know how to put my finger on. I would still call it good, just not great. Um, it was... I have a thought, but okay. I'll, I'll, get to it. I'll get to it when I, when I go. Great. Go ahead. Um... It was fascinating to me to land Terrapin at Man Smart Women Smarter, but it actually worked for me more than I expected it to when the song first started. Uh, it was a fun but not mind-blowing Man Smart Women Smarter. It was a really good groove, just didn't really go a lot of places. The second jam sounded just like the first jam. Um, oh, Hip of Fools. Okay, I'm not a huge Ship of Fools person, so getting Ship of Fools and Ro Jimmy in the same show, it was basically a Tennessee Jet away from Jerry playing the opposite of the greatest hits to me. Um, and now that I've whined about that, I liked Truckin'. I thought it was lively. I thought it had the right amount of bounce. Everybody was just working in tandem to support it. Like, everybody's part was really nice. Some great drum work, some punchy bass, some exciting organ stuff. Like many songs, it's let down by the vocals for sure. There's some cat screeching towards the end of the song, which, Jesus Christ, what got into Bobby? And what didn't stop being in Bobby for a good chunk of this show? Um, Most of his career. 
Yeah. I actually really liked The Spoonful. I thought it was a little gritty, and it was certainly rough around the edges, but it was a lot of fun and had great energy to it. Uh, drums is good. Uh, I appreciate the use of dynamics in drums. Uh, it takes us on a journey, and what I appreciate is that that journey isn't just it gets louder. Because sometimes that's all the journey you get in drums, is quiet drums to loud drums, but here we do medium drums to loud drums to quiet drums, which I thought was nice. Um, and then some weird and spacey space, if you'll forgive me for saying that. Um, Bobby's, like, feedback thing that he was, like, triggering, paired with Jerry's licks, took us on a really cool journey. I like drum space tonight. Uh... Warfrat is one of the highlights of this show for me. Uh, it's a lovely slow Warfrat to bring us out of space. Uh, even if the harmonies aren't always in tune, it's Jerry's best vocal of the night, and to me it doesn't come close. Uh, there's a lovely emotional solo from Jerry, uh, and there's just a really nice build in the song. It's a great bridge between space and the rest of set two. And then the other highlight of this set two for me is the throw in stones, which is just awesome. It's badass. There's very energetic vocals from Bobby, dynamic underscoring from the rest of the band, really great work from the drummers here. Uh, it's energetic, but it still has room to get weird, which I really enjoyed. It's just an awesome throwing stones all around. And then a, I'm going to call it a scrappy Sugar Magnolia. Um, Bobby is not hitting all of the notes, uh, and it's a little rough around the edges. It is definitely brought to you by the letter C. Uh, and then, I don't, uh, Bob spends all of the Sunshine Daydream, I think, doing a mean-spirited Elmo impression? I don't know what it is, but his voice, he, all, oh, uh, it is, I'm scared to say this word after last week's show, but it is an unlistenable vocal delivery from Bobby on the Sunshine Daydream here. And then, and I can't believe I'm saying this, really enjoyed the day job. It was zippy, <laughs> it had a tight Jerry solo, it was just a fun, you know, it's not the highlight of the show or anything, it's not an all-timer, but it was a fun, energetic cap to a fun, energetic show. It felt like the right song to end this night with. Uh, yeah, overall, I think this was a fun show, especially in the post-drums of set two. What did you think, Fig? Um, actually, a lot of agreements. So, Terrapin... Yeah, Terrapin I liked. It's it's rare to me that they would start a set with Terrapin. And I kind of get why. I mean, if you think about set two, almost just kind of like a, a plot in a novel or even like a drug trip, you know, there's like a, what, like a parabola, right? Where like there's like rising action, climax, descending action. And Terrapin usually is, you know, kind of at the climax of the show. So for them to start set two with Terrapin is interesting to me um interesting decision and i thought it was good but i agree with knob that there was something about it that didn't have couldn't keep my focus and, and i think it's because it was kind of a dreamy wistful take at terrapin mm. um like it just kind of seemed like misty and like you were kind of i don't know like like they were they didn't really know what was happening but like everything put together just made it feel a little too dreamy um but it wasn't bad it was just like an interesting take on the song and the ending was pretty meh but it randomized is the word that i used uh into man smart woman smarter kind of morphed into man smart which was fun 
Uh, we got some great um, King Brent there, and Jerry sounded really good on Man Smart, Woman Smarter, uh, you know, guitar as well. Ship of Fools, uh, vocals here were just unlistenable. Um, I thought this was the absolute nadir of the set. However, that being said, Jerry still rips uh, his solos. Trucking, so a, a lot of this uh, next set, uh, the notes that I have are from when I was panning it, uh, panning the show. Trucking, I said, was unlistenable. Um, we got a decent Damn. jam at the end into Spoonful, where I said Jerry's tone is just awful. Uh, it's it's His guitar tone is like a fake Clapton fuzz, like from Cream. And I, I will stand by that. However, so that's the first part of set two. And we get into the second part of set two, starting with Jumps in Space. And usually that is a part of the set that I skip. However, I actually think that this set got really good with Space. Um, and I actually asked my friend Game to listen to Space and tell, tell me what uh, he thinks. But I thought Space was really good. Um, Brent was had this like really interesting... Uh, you know, I don't even know what to call it, but uh, just like a, a flash of of sound that sent, that came across really good in, in the soundboard. Um, I just really liked space, which is rare for me. Warfrat was a very powerful performance. Jerry, his vocals actually sounded a lot better, and I really liked that Warfrat. Definitely mm -hmm. a highlight of the night for me. Throwing Stones, again, really good stuff. Sugar Mags was great, and Day Job, Jerry sounded the best uh, that he had uh, all night, and it was a good rocker, and I want to kick it over to Game. Tell me what he thought. Um, again, mostly positive reactions here for me on set Did you two. listen to Space? Uh, I did. Okay, alright. All right. That's all I have to say. <laughs> Uh, Terrapin Station was good. Um, once again, listening to the odd really, um, really increased the overall enjoyment of Terrapin Station for me. Um, just hearing the crowd reactions. Um, this is one of those recordings that, while it wasn't the best, it makes me want to listen to more odds. Um, I feel like I've said this once before on one of these episodes. Um, really enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, Women Are Smarter was good. Um, I really enjoyed The Ship of Fools. Um, Truckin' was eh. Um, Spoonful was eh. Um, drums and Space. Um, now, I didn't say you should listen to drums. Yeah, I did skip drums. Drums okay. I skipped. Drums right. I, I, so you can't I hold that against me, yeah. but go ahead. Yeah. Once once I realized it was... It was uh, once I got like three quarters of the way through Spoonful, um, you know, when he's going, Spoonful, Spoonful, I was like, I'm done. Enough of this. Uh, so then I was like, drums. I'm like, ooh, I can skip two in a row. Um, bass was, I guess, okay. Um, eh. Was it better than what you were expecting? Um, I don't know what I was expecting. So I can't say it was better than. Was it better than some noise I've listened to in the past? Yes. Yes. Um, was it the best noise I've listened to? I don't know. <laughs> um, it was okay. I'm going to stop barking up that tree then. It was okay. Um, I feel like I I need like rocket ship sounds when 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 it's space. I want to feel like I'm I'm in a. Best I can give you is is frogs, and geese sometimes. Yeah. See, I feel like space should be past that. I feel like the frogs and the geese need to be like on the trip to space. But once we get to space, we need to be like in some like galactic shit. Um, but anyway, uh, Wharf Rat was good. Uh, Throwing Stones was good. Uh, Sugar Magnolia was good. 
and this was probably the best day job we have heard. Um, I still don't think it should be an encore. Um, and maybe it's different. Like, we all know an encore, right? Like, there is a few seconds of pause between, um, the show ending and the encore beginning. And maybe with listening back, we don't have that pause. We don't have yeah. that anticipation. But, like, listening to the odd and it's like Sugar Magnolia and it, like, everyone's up. And then it goes right into, like, in my mind, like, the rinky-dinky beginning of Day Job. I'm like, ugh. Like, I don't know, just swap yeah, the damn... A 50s rocker kind of thing. Yeah, it's like, just swap the damn two songs. Like, I don't know, like... I My take on Day Job Encores is that it was prescriptive and addressed not to people like us who are listening 50 years later or whatever, but uh, to the to the heads that were just following them around the whole country. It's, it's, it's like the one more Saturday night of the midweek. It's, it's like it's like that's I a good show title. I I don't I don't know. Um, yeah. Anyway, let's let's continue on. I can keep, I can keep saying I, I don't know. I don't know. I <laughs> uh, we do not have any Scarlet Fires to rate this week. Um, Book of the Dead. Um, has this show made any of y'all's Book of the Dead? No. Yeah, nope. no for me. Um, it was good, uh, but definitely not the best in any stretch of the imagination. Um, which set? Um, Fig, I'm going to let you go first. Um, I'll go... I'll go with one. I, I really enjoyed Bucket Sugary. Yeah, it was... I mean, there's some good stuff there in, in set one, even though I think the second part of set two was... Was really good. Oh man, now I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I would. Yeah, the post drums of set two is it was, is it was quite. Really, it, was, it was the best part the of the night. But was pre it drums of set two is Not okay. Good. Yeah, I had some awful things to say about the pre. Okay, so I will do one because it was like a, I don't know, pretty good to average, average to good set. Um, and set two was all over the place. So one. Nob, are you changing your vote from earlier? No. No. No, no. no. One is the better Nob's set. Nob's dead set, as they say. Um, well, I hate to, to not have fun here, but I'm also voting for set one. Um, set one was, uh, in my mind, the much better set. Oh, even though the post drums of set two was still good, set one was, was much, much better. Um, show MVP. Nob, who is your show MVP? Ooh, that's a good question. Um. Mm -hmm. I actually generally think that it's the drummers tonight. I, I think that this is a, a Kreutzmann night for me. Uh, they were really in control of the dynamics and able to take even the faster, more energetic songs and still find some build, some growth to them that I think is really controlled by what the rhythm sections bring in. So yeah, it's the drummers for me. Fig, how about you? It's a tough one. I I like Bobby just for the fact that he was the best vocalist of the night, but I couldn't hear his guitar at all in the mix that I was listening to, so it can't be Bobby. Um, Jerry was was certainly making it up, uh, you know, making up for a lack of vocals with his guitar, so it can't be Jerry. So I'm gonna go. 
with a guy who's all over the mix and doing great stuff and we haven't heard from him in a while. And he also has to be royalty, King Brent. Yeah. Ooh. That's the thing. Brent tonight doesn't get a lot of spotlight moments, but he is consistently doing great supportive work. I very much, I respect that pick. Like it. Uh, I am going with Bobby. Um, Whoa. Yeah, so once um, once I got Let's over the... that in- sunshine daydream again. <laughs> once once i realized um i got over the initial oh this sounds a weird feeling of hell in a bucket I, I really enjoyed most of bobby's stuff tonight so yeah bobby gets my show mvp um now we did have some reddit comments this week um i am going to um read the first one then i'm gonna have knob uh, comment on another one um as someone uh, this is from i need to zoom in i can't tell who this is from one second i need my spectacles on here alexander talks <laughs> from alexander you said talks t-o-x t-o-x you gotta make these bigger 200 percent on, the, I, on I the google crow um Alexander Talks uh, reached out and said, Ooh, we got five up up dudes on this. Um, as someone who just got on the bus not too long ago, I really appreciate these weekly listening threads. I haven't listened to this one yet, but I will tonight. Hey, Alexander, we appreciate you. Thank Absolutely. you. Absolutely. Thank you. Um, and then, Nob, um, you had a little bit of an interesting um, conversation with Reddit user... JWG3. Now, I don't have that comment here, but did you want to um, give a brief overview of that um, conversation? Um, Yes, I had a nice chat with our pal JWG3, who's a new listener to both the dead and the podcast, and we're very happy to have them. Um, So, they've started listening to the podcast, and uh, they had just gotten back from meetup at the movies. And they did not care for my, uh, I don't know, what would I politely call it? Character assassination of <laughs> 62291 that I committed last week. I was, and just I was, for back, background, the show that we featured last week on the podcast was 62291, which was the same show featured at Meetup at the Movies, yeah. uh, which occurred last week as well. Yes, and I definitely referred to it as unlistenable more than once. Uh, I definitely referred to it as annoying throughout, and at more than one point, I definitely said, I have no idea what the hell they're thinking picking this as meetup at the movies. Um, which are all still opinions I f- generally do stand by. Uh, but but uh, JWG3 had just left meetup at the movies and had just had a blast watching the show, dancing along to it. Uh, and while they agreed that the praise for it might be overblown, uh, I uh, I might have been a little too hard on it. I was asked if I could enjoy it for what it is, uh, to perhaps maybe have a little fun with it. Uh, and I, I just want to clarify, while I've got the soapbox, I like The Grateful Dead. I really do. I'm I pretty sure you doing... clarified that on the podcast. I know. Last but week as well. Look, I just need to I need to beat the I don't like music allegation, so I need to say as much as possible. I generally like the dead. I generally like the June ninety one shows. Uh this is just a show that didn't do it for me. Uh but at the same time, uh I do think that uh JWG 3s 
uh, points are valid, that this is definitely a fun show to watch, and I'm sure I would have had a better time at Meet Up at the Movies than I did just listening to it in my house. Uh, so, yeah, we had a nice little chat. We definitely came to some some understanding, and we're uh, we're pals, we're buddies. I just uh, I just need the world to know that I like music and I like the Grateful Dead and I like Grateful Dead music. I could even get with the the two keyboardist MIDI laden Grateful Dead. That was just not a show that sounded pleasant to my ears. And and I'll also say if this was a podcast about us liking everything that the Grateful Dead ever did ever, it would not be a very interesting podcast. Yes, let it be known. I skip at least two songs every show we listen to. So. <laughs> Please. Talk oh, about man. unlistenable. Um, I forget where I saw this. This might have been on Discord. Um someone was someone said like when they were at a show, like someone was being disrespectful during drums in space. Uh. Um and while I would never be disrespectful like at a show during drums in space. Like I would never openly talk or be like, This sucks out loud. Um, They're just playing the drums for half hour. What are they doing? Let it be known, when I went to the concession stands during Drums in Space at the Philly show, the literal first thing I heard when I walked through the doors was, oh, it's that Drums in Space. Let's just hang out here for another 30 minutes. And I laughed because I was like, yeah, I don't disagree. So, um, well, I mean, and that's something that people frequently complain about it. Dead Company shows is, is the talkers. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I don't. Um. Up. If you pay, like I know it's a concert. It's not the opera. Like you could do whatever you want. But Jesus Christ, you paid this much money a lot for of these seats, and you don't shut the fuck up. Come on. Come yeah. on. It, it it's is... like a forty-five minute set break. How much of your life is still left to cover? Okay, but you know, but. In their defense, and I agree with you, like, you know, you shouldn't be talking throughout the whole show, but, you know, you're there, you're probably with a buddy you haven't seen in a while because you guys are, like, you know, rock and roll friends, and, like, the band is, like, a mile away from where you are, you know? Like, you kind of get into your own little world, and you don't recognize that there's other people around you that can overhear everything that you're saying. Yeah. And maybe you're drunk or high or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I understand the vibe, but I I don't need to hear about people's problems with their vacation house or whatever while i'm trying to appreciate the saint stephen jam which problems with your vacation house being the number one uh item of discussion at dead and company shows uh, you'd be surprised yeah yeah definitely vacation house issues and uh personal finance anything yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, i don't need to know why you're uh, here with your lawyer you sucks. might as well get some free advice you know exactly um all right moving on to next week we are back into primal dead uh we are going to july 3rd 1969 at reed's ranch colorado springs colorado i believe is some sort of ranch uh yeah i would think so i believe it might belong to reed Ooh, we are putting some context clues together. It's here. now a um, it's a development. Now it, <laughs> it's been turned into. This a is a true crime, a true crime podcast. Reed's ranch. Which figure out who this. is wow. Reed? Why does he have a ranch? Why does he what like? What is Colorado Springs so much? And now it's a housing development with an HOA. How the mighty have fallen. Um. Yeah. So I'm. I'm gonna. So the set list for next week is short. Yes. 
Um, and there's three songs I'm familiar with. Okay, so I guess I'm familiar with more than I thought. I mean, I would uh, imagine it was just a party that they were invited to or something. I mean, like, what is this really? Green, green grass know. in a slew. Well, there's foot. more song. This is definitely one of those because it says set list incomplete. There were definitely more songs played that evening. Just that right, but no I don't think existing there was tape that much. Like a whole other set that we lost. All right. No, there's, no, no, no. no. But I think it there. might be. I think it might be a longer. I, it would definitely only be a one set show. Okay. But I could imagine there being a few songs after me and my uncle. For example, a pig sure. pen. Whether that's a long good loving or a long love light. Okay. So we will dig into this for next week. Yeah, what I do like about the set list is no drums in space. So uh, that is um, that is nice there. Uh, was there one drummer at this point? Was Mickey still in the band? No, Mickey's still there. Mickey oh. leaves in in February of seventy one. Oh, wow. I'm I'm pretty sure Mickey is still in Jan in July third, nineteen sixty nine. Even though it's it's June twenty sixth, twenty twenty three. Um, there not 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 the quickly pivot. But there is sometimes when the camera goes on to Mickey, and while, <laughs> while, I will say, much more lively at some points during this tour, there are some points where it literally looks like he is just a man who was placed there with some brushes in his hands. <laughs> like, <laughs> are those are those brushes or are they like sex toys? I'm not quite sure. I I don't I don't know. Like other times, other times, how you use them. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Both, I guess, aesthetically is the answer. Um, in the 70s, after the show, it'd be something different, but now he's in his 70s and probably takes a nap after the show. Yeah. Oh my god, definitely takes a nap during set break, right? Like, he has to. <laughs> Pretty shallow. I could see that. I could see really that. Tough. I could see yeah. that. Uh, anyway. But no, I, I agree with you. And, and then, not only that, but like, he has that one... I don't instrument. I'm not like a doodad that he's set up uh, with. You know, it's like some sort of midi like skull, like from a skeleton, like a fake skeleton that I think he can manipulate in some way to make drum sounds. So it's like Mickey looking like a 78 year old man, and then there's like the specter of death behind him. <laughs> it's an interesting uh, setup. It's a very interesting setup. Do you think Mickey is the doodad man? Oh, <laughs> he might be. He might be the do that man. Um, all right, let's go ahead and wrap this bad boy up for the Doodad man. I like that a lot. That's, <laughs> a, that's a show title. Yeah, that was that was a good uh, stream. That was, that was uh, really good stream name back in the day. Um, go ahead and as always, smash the subscribe button and like and share with any and all of your Grateful Dead loving friends and family. You may find us at wherever podcasts are downloaded. However, you will not find us on a service that loosely rhymes with polka dot baby. Uh, so if you are the American Dream Dusty Rhodes and you listen to your podcast on the polka dot baby, you will not find us on that service. However, you will find us on pretty much any and all other podcast platforms. Um, you may find us directly on the web if you do enjoy getting your podcast directly from the source at helponthewaypod.podbean.com You may email us if you like to send us um, written communication at helponthewaypod at gmail.com You may, as always, reach out to us, communicate with us on our weekly listening threads 
at reddit.com slash r slash grateful dead and i believe that is it for plugs for the week any final words from my friends knob or fig I was going to do an impression of Bobby screaming at the end of a bunch of the songs, but I don't, I don't think I have that in me right now. Well, I don't think the mic would catch you, or, or Discord's um, filters would, would probably make it so that I, we can hear you. So. I just tried one, and I do think it just filtered my crow yeah. call out of it. Which <laughs> is probably for the best. You're welcome. Okay. And on that note, please stick around for set one of April 3rd, 1985. And thank you once again for listening to the Help on the Way podcast.
precision, champagne for your boo, for a taste of your elegant pride. Maybe go a day hell in a bucket, babe. But at least I'm enjoying the ride. At least I'm enjoying the ride. Hey, at least I'm enjoying the ride. You analyze me, Captain despise me, you laugh.
Oh, no. 
they go Oh, my uncle, God rest his soul He taught me good luck, well, he taught me, oh, I know He taught me so well, I grabbed that gold And I left his dead ass there by the side of the road
waiting when he came Showed me he would take her If I didn't use my gun I'd have no one but myself to blame Went into those houses chasing blood was on my mind I guess that stranger had with her the names Cause I shot first and killed him Blood he didn't even draw And I'll spend my lifetime running With the Mexicali lovers Hey, is there anything you men don't stand to lose? When he lets a woman hold him in her hand Just might find yourself out there Black in the dark
superstitious, but it back across my trail. Get there. 
She's brown with a bank where she kneels down to gather water. She bears it away with love, the river's daughter.
Thank you. We'll be back in a little bit.